Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Today's guest on The Business of You is Susie DeVille. If you are in need of inspiration, if you are in need of tactics to help you overcome your own nuclear winter or just a bad phase in your life, or just in need of tactics to help reconnect with your soul and the true work that you should be putting out into the world, I highly recommend listening to today's episode and also picking up a copy of Susie's book. I know something you often talk about is this it, it, the importance of moving between your right and, and your left brain in order again to like really reconnect with your soul and your abilities. Can you talk can you please talk about the you know why that's so important and what happens in the left versus the right and you know as entrepreneurs I know we're wired to be spend a lot of our day on one side more than the other. So if you can share about that. Sure. Um, so to be clear, the old research was very um, much in the camp of left brain, right brain. There's new research that says, no, you can't really say left brain, left brain, right brain, because it's more like this. And you can't really just chop the brain in half and say all of this stuff happens on this side and all this stuff happens on that side. However, um, I'm still going to use the metaphor because it's helpful for people, but just know that there are things that are going on both sides of your brain, not just, um, you know, for example, language can happen on both sides of the brain. It's not just left side. So, um, but in our entrepreneurial um, tendencies, we lean into what we have always been naturally great at. So quite a few of us would be considered very left-brained individuals. We like logical, linear things. <laughs> we like um, strategic thinking, and we're great at those things. And we tend to not feel comfortable in the world of creativity, not comfortable in the world of holistic thinking. So what I love to help people do, is leverage both sides so that you're really having what I call a, a whole brain approach to your life and to your work. And they both can fuel one another. Um, and we can tend to um, fully appreciate and see other people on our teams and within our organizations, what their natural strengths are, how they're wired to take action. Once we get really clear on what's working within us and what our own instincts and preferences are, and we start to beef it up and make it much more rich 
and full and delicious in our lives, we can leverage that in how we build um, partnerships with other organizations, how we work with our clients, how we lead into certain kinds of new directions um, strategically within our organizations. We can see things that were previously hidden from us because we're now engaging this almost sort of like a tennis game of, of, of connecting neural pathways throughout our entire brain. So it's, it's firing up our imagination and our intuition. And when those things both come online to a degree that we perhaps never have experienced, there is something that happens in our work and how we experience the world that is robust and it's intoxicating is the only way I can describe it. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking like, gosh, this is utopia for our brains, right? And how we want to feel as CEOs, as founders, as entrepreneurs, as creators, right? That's, that's exactly the space we want to be living in. And, and it's, it's, it's something we can access in any moment without a bunch of gear, without a bunch of, I mean, all the things that we tend to believe are necessary for things to get better. Um, honestly, the tools can be very simple to have, um, exponential change. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the book. This, I know has been a labor of love for you. What inspired you first of all, to write a book? So I had done all of this research and I had collected over the course of 15 years, I had a banker's box of shards of paper, things that I ripped out of magazine articles or journal articles or things that I had written, um, pages of waterproof paper that I ripped out of a book that I used to take with me to the swimming pool when I I would swim laps and I would then write down all this stuff. Um, It was full of just literally brain dump shards of paper. And I started going through that box And I realized that I had something really powerful and really unique. And it required the process of writing a book to organize it, to be able to surface the concrete and concise teaching points that I thought would best suit entrepreneurs. And it required dedicated time and focus and a lot of sort of pacing around (laughs) in the woods inside my own house to put together the through lines of the big ideas of the book. And so the writing of the book was not just the end goal. I really wanted to know what I thought. So, and I love the fact that I have a book as a result, but I was really after what I was after sort of understanding the mystique of this research and my own experience and how it could serve entrepreneurs and therefore in a greater extent, the world. 
Mm-hmm. What were some aha moments you discovered about yourself or about your work in, in looking at the shards of paper and writing the book? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I started to get really clear about where my own dance with self-doubt resides. And because I was, it was, this is such a meta conversation because I was experiencing self-doubt writing a book about (laughs) self-doubt. And I knew like when I first started the, the process, draft number one was like floating on a cloud. I had, I would sit down at my computer. I would, I get up insanely early. Um, and I could, it was almost like I was channeling a book and I could just, and I, and what came out, I loved it. I thought it was beautifully written. Um, and it needed, you know, some tweaking for sure and, and good editorial help, but it was just coming out in torrents. So I had this first draft and then I started working to really shape it and get clear on what needed to be cut and what I was missing. When I got far into the editing process, I believe it was the fifth draft of the book. That's when the black dog came a calling, the black dog of self-doubt. And it was because I was so now deep in the details where my perfectionistic tendencies took a hold of the wheel. It wasn't inspiration at the wheel. It was perfectionism, which shut, it it just shut all the lights off in my brain. So it, um, and then of course I remembered, (laughs) oh, right. The content, the answer to my question is actually inside my own book. (laughs) The way out of this hell that I am in is actually in this manuscript. So what I did was actually, um, I went to my sketchbook and I did an exercise that I teach in one of my classes, which is called the sketchbook entrepreneur. And I taped off a grid and I got a bunch of brushes and a bunch of paint and I did in five, I did a five minute, not even thinking, um, piece of art, just lots of color, didn't, not thinking about design, just went wild. And then I let it dry and I took all the, the paint, uh, I took all the uh, tape off. And then, so when you do that, you create this grid of these tiny little paintings on one page of a sketchbook. And again, it's not about whether or not you find the, the paintings beautiful. It's about what's happening to you because I just went for it. So by going bold, I chiseled off that concrete of self-doubt in my own, in my own hypercritical, overly perfectionistic self. This, this process that took five minutes, I went back to my wall, which was covered in giant, um, easel paper. That's the sticky post-it note kind. And I got my markers out and I just went to town. Um, I saw the gaps in my methodology. I saw the gaps in, in what I needed to fix in the book. And I was back at home. I was back in the saddle of my true self. And, um, 
it happened. It's so insidious how self-doubt just comes in like, um, just like a, a, a strange ghost, but you can get rid of it as easily and as quickly as it comes. That's, that was, must've been an aha, just realizing like, oh, I've got the recipe right in front of me here. Let me just apply it. That must've felt so good. When well, it, it was worked. a combination That's- of relief and like, uh, duh. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the book comes out um, very soon. By the time this airs, it will be available in all the the book, best book places, right? <laughs> yes, it, it, it will be released on September 6th. So you can pre-order it now, um, but it will be out on the 6th of September. And if um, you hear this before the end of August, um, you can enter to when a fantastic trip to Paris by going to my website. Um, and you can either upload, um, your, uh, receipt for, uh, your book purchase. So one, one book purchase equals one chance to win up to a hundred chances, or you can just send me a postcard and all of the details, you don't have to, to purchase anything to win. All the details are on my website. Awesome. What is your, who is the ideal audience, actually, I should ask, um, for your book and also for your programs? So my focus is entrepreneurs, um, but I also attract um, visionary leaders, advocates uh, for social change, um, people who are consultants working in um, the, the corporate world. But um, the book is written for entrepreneurs who are painfully stuck and riddled with self-doubt, who crave um, freedom and success. And they believe that they have to just be more, do more, have more discipline to achieve that. And, and the book is really showing you that it's through tapping into your unbridled, inspired creativity that you access that flow and ease that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that entrepreneurs are more anxiety-ridden than ever, just given the times that we're in? I I don't know if it's more. I feel like it has um, shape. I think the anxiety has shape shifted, and I think we also have um, believed that. We have to market the way other people market, that there's something wrong with us if we don't enjoy being on social media and marketing that way. Or there's something wrong with us if we don't want to get up in front of a group of 300 people and sell from the stage. Or there's something wrong with us if um, we would rather have a smaller team rather than build this giant, you know, um, team of of many souls and lots of overhead and lots of layers of complication to an organization. So what I want to remind people of is that there is a reason why you are so attracted to the world of entrepreneurship. You have a great idea. You have a desire to create. You have a desire to serve. You have a desire to be autonomous. And you have a desire to put a positive dent into the universe. And you can shape and create 
a business that 1000% serves the kind of life that you want to lead. You don't have to change your life to create a business that you perceive that you have to create. Start with what you want in your life first, design the ultimate life, and then create your business to serve it and support that same set of values. Um, when we get back into rhythm with our values and our joy and the kind of quality that we want in our life and stop looking outside of ourselves for the answer and realize that the magical marketing elixir is us, the anxiety tends to really just dissolve and disappear. And we come back to, as I have in that um, diagram in the book, we come back to the helm of our most empowered, most thoughtful and present self. And we are sitting on this foundation of agency and self-trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last question for you, Susie. And then I know you have your sketchbook entrepreneur class, which everybody should check out. <laughs> but having been through a recession and not only having been through a recession, but your own life really kind of exploding during the recession, what would be your advice to people if we're heading into it, you know, another recession in our lifetime? What, what's the best advice you have? So the, the best thing is to really focus on establishing first, I think, your healthy habits and rituals. Let that be the place on which you stand as that's a non-negotiable. So it's a, it's a non-negotiable for me not to eat healthy or as healthy as I possibly can, or it's a non-negotiable for me to go days without moving my body, or it's a non-negotiable for me not to get really good sleep and rest or to gift myself time to think. Um, by the way, our artistry and our creativity is exactly how we come up with ways to surf on top of the waves of uncertainty in any kind of a market. And if we have access to our inspired creativity, we can problem solve all day long. We can get through any challenge. If we're doing a journaling and meditation practice, we will go home, we will come back to the, to the home base of us and we will have a calm access to our imagination and our ideation. So this, this was so important to me when literally I was everything. I mean, just to be specific, my marriage had come to an end. I had lost my house. I was $250,000 in debt. I was 70 pounds overweight. Everything was just a dis- disaster. But I started with just the very simple principles of healthy habits and rituals and feeding my creativity. And that changed everything for me. Hmm. That's amazing. Uh, what, what, like, what got you out of bed at that time period? Was it knowing you were going to journal or like what <laughs> literally pulled you? So you mean um, when I was in the 
nuclear winter period. Yeah, the nuclear (laughs) winter. I like that. Um, I had a moment and I encourage everybody to have this kind of an exercise. I was walking around the soccer field that was next to where I used to live. And I stopped at the metal bleachers and I had this moment where I was like, I, I took myself mentally to the scariest end point. Like this was before I had actually lost the house. So that was on my mind. Like, are we going to lose the house? You know, and all of the stuff that comes with that, the embarrassment and the erect credit score and the homelessness part of it. Um, and I just went, I, I, I just looked at the worst possible scenario and I put myself in the place of, of experiencing that in the moment. And then I stood, sort of stood back and looked at it. I looked into that deep chasm of disaster. And I was like, that's all completely survivable. That's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. So once I actually did what Jim Collins tells us to do in Good to Great, which is confront the brutal facts, I got very clear. I was like, okay, this is all the stuff. I went home and I wrote down on a piece of legal paper, all of the stuff that was scaring me to death. And then I wrote people's names outside of my list of all the scary things. Who could help me? Who who could help me with this scary thing number one, scary thing number two? So I confronted the brutal facts. I decided it was all survivable. And then I had a very um, kick in the pants conversation with my divorce attorney. (laughs) And he said to me, quote, Susie, you're in a boat in the middle of the ocean and it's taking on water. You need to get out and swim for shore. Meaning take action, quit trying to find the perfect path, quit trying to second guess everything, just take an action, see what happens, take another action. What, what, what feedback do you have from that? So that's literally what I did. I got my scary list. And then I just took a step every single day. Um, magically, we have everything we need for the journey already. The ideas, the access to resources, the support, and yes, the divine providence of the universe. Once you start moving, the universe starts going, okay, she's in this game. (laughs) She's not giving up. She's trying. I'm going to throw her this little nugget. I'm going to connect her with this idea. I'm going to have someone step forward and um, give her an idea or whatever it is. Once we get going and reconnect, then the power of accumulation takes over. Is this where the title of your book came from with Buoyant in it? The, the discussion with the lawyer? Um, no, um, actually, um, Buoyant came. I was sitting out on my back deck during the summer of 2020. So this was about month three of the pandemic. <laughs> and um, I looked up through the treetops and I thought to myself, I want to name my book The End desired feeling state for my reader. And I started to write down all kinds of descriptive words. And then I got to buoyant and I thought, well, that's perfect because number one, that's a 
beautiful place of feeling most alive and most connected to yourself. And it connects into the Creative Rebels Voyage methodology imagery. So yes, there is a lot of nautical imagery in my work because I'm a huge fan of nautical imagery, but it also is um, a descriptor for me of what a free, joyful, creative life with access to the ultimate freedoms that we seek. That is really what I want my readers and my clients to feel. Amazing. Thank you, Susie. Thank That's you. That's such a powerful statement to end on. Where can people learn more about you? Um, my website, which, by the way, was beautifully designed by Brand ID. Um, and I get compliments on this website all the time. So you have to look at the website because it's a work of art. Um, and the URL is innovationandcreativityinstitute.com. If you want to see information about my book, you can see there's a drop down menu there for reading the book um, background information. You can also sign up for my newsletter and you can get the introduction and the first chapter of the book and test it out. Um, and you can also learn about my programs um, called the Sketchbook Entrepreneur, as well as my coaching. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.